everyone. I'm Lori Casto. And I'm Randall Casto. And you're listening to the Created to Soar podcast brought to you by Wedgwood Estates, the area's premier senior residential community, 600 South Trimble Road in Mansfield. Now, the last time we talked, Randy, we talked about no wine. That's correct. And it led into authority. That's right, because the very first miracle when Jesus turned the water into wine, led us to the second miracle because that's how the nobleman learned of Jesus. That's the only way, if that's the first miracle, we learned that that, that transferred to the nobleman whose son was healed without Jesus being present. He just spoke the word. We found out that he also then was for Capernaum, where also the centurion, the centurion is lived, um, but that we see in Matthew chapter 8. And somehow he just knew that Jesus could just speak the word and his servant would be healed. And then he goes on to, to say that he also was a man of authority. So that's, that, that was the progression. Yes. Yes. And it also, for me personally, last time when I read through, before we did the podcast about no wine, I was reading through John 2, 2 through 11 about the first miracle mm-hmm. of, of Jesus. And it really, you know, you know, sometimes you read the scripture and you're just reading. You know, you know, we go through that every day. You, you read the scriptures, and then you're just kind of reading. And sometimes, though, and this is what I love about God's holy word. It's alive, isn't it? It's alive and active. And so when I was reading that uh, a few weeks back, three weeks probably ago now, I honed in on Mary. It really intrigued me about Mary. I really never saw it this way before, and it's, it's just amazing how God kind of grabs you. And just like, and I was just so excited. It just, I was just welled up with excitement because I could see the authority in Mary. Yes. And I, I found that to be a very exciting thing and how she was just able to just say, servants, you need to do what Jesus says. And Jesus, (laughs) you need to do something about this situation. I just loved her authority in that situation. So that's why today we're talking about authority. And last week we were going to do the podcast on authority. I was like, no, I can't do this. I don't know know if I even said a reason why, but I felt like the Lord was talking to me in all of that about authority, but I just didn't know exactly what he was saying to me. (laughs) You know, you you get like sort of a part of, and so now it's kind of come clearer and clearer to me, and I'm excited about this word authority. And it's so interesting that I was so honing in on this idea of authority because we went to a prayer group um, this week and a dear couple gave us a book about the very issue of authority. So I was just like, Lord, what are you trying to say to me here? So, so, so many exciting things about authority. And so when I started looking up about authority, as I always do, I looked up the word authority. And authority is the power to influence or command thought, opinion, or behavior. And authority is attached to position. And the higher a person's ranking or position, the greater their authority will be. And so one of the examples of authority was England's monarchy. Mm-hmm. And I found that very interesting, the monarchy of England. And, and just it talked about the authority there. And... Um, the reason that I think it's so important to understand about authority, well, number one, the Lord was trying to talk to me. That, that's really the most important. But then how we touched on it at the very end of the podcast last time, and that's the Great Commission. And in Matthew 28, 18, and 19, then Jesus came and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, 
I think what's so important about this is who was he talking to here? He was speaking to his disciples, but he's actually speaking to all of us. Yeah, he's speaking to all of us. And I, and I just, it is just like reached out and grabbed me, um, that authority and the importance of authority and understanding, uh, how important the authority is and how important it is as it relates to the great commission, the commission to the disciples. And then the, this, that talks to us today and what we are supposed to be doing as Christians and one thing I thought about with authority is with authority comes responsibility. Yes. And with authority comes responsibility. And I think so oftentimes people that are in higher leadership, that the greater their responsibility. So the higher, you know, as we talked about the higher person's ranking or positions, the greater their authority, but the greater the responsibility. That's true. And, and I just, and I was thinking that when it comes to authority that we've been given, what a great responsibility it is for us as Christians to have this authority and to understand the authority and to understand the responsibility that we have, that I have, that you have, that we have as believers uh, to carry out what Jesus has said to carry out. And I, I just think it's so, so important. Uh, yes. Um, and she keeps, she was uh speaking of the authority given to us. And I think a really good picture of where this is, is found in Ephesians chapter one. It's a very favorite prayer of mine that I do pray regularly for myself and for others, because it was spirit inspired to Paul to pray to this church, but it would also, um, it would also be (laughs) certainly relevant to us. And so you look in Ephesians one and he begins in chapter in verse 16 cease not to give I cease not to give thanks for you mentioning of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so he wants us to have wisdom in the knowledge of the Lord and and, and particularly some things that he's going to say here the that the eyes of our understanding being enlightened that you would know what is the hope of your calling his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints And then this is just great. And what is the exceeding, he wants us to understand this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? His This exceeding power was for us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And this is what it is, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name. That is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet. So everything is under the authority of Jesus Christ. Yes. And it says, and, and he gave him to be the head. So he gave him to the church as the head. He gave him to, to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. So we are his body. The feet are on the body. All things are beneath the feet, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. But as you go down and read... You know, he just exalted Jesus to that high place with all things beneath his feet. You go down to 2 verse 5. It says, when we were dead in sins, he has quickened or made us alive together with Christ. By grace, we are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. Well, where is that together? Far above 
all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet. So all things are under our feet. Yes. Yeah, and it's an amazing thing when you think about it. It's it's almost overwhelming when you understand and really put that into you and really meditate on that and think it through. You you really see and there's a difference in the in the accounts of Matthew and Luke and I think it's fascinating. Now you know, well the centurion obviously received faith by hearing the testimony of the nobleman that said, hey, Jesus wasn't here, he spoke the word. So now the centurion has time to think about that, tells Jesus, you don't have to come to my house, just speak the word. But then he goes on to say, for I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, and come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled. I mean, it just it shocked him. <laughs> and uh, so a lot of things Jesus knew because the Spirit would tell him, but some things, it, you know, it would not. And he, he, he said, and he marveled and he said, I've not found so great faith, no, not of in Israel. But we see that the centurion is over 100 men, correct? Oh, yes. Does he have power, physical power over those people? No. No. Uh, 100 to 1, they would, they would whip him. Yes. But he's under authority and his authority was Rome. And so when he spoke, Rome spoke. And so those 100 men did not have the power to overtake Rome. And when he spoke, Rome spoke. And that's why they had to do what they did. And it's like authority is like delegated power, right? It, yes. it, it, he doesn't have the physical ability. It's like the policeman in, the, in, in traffic. He puts his hand up in the semi stops. Now, could he physically hold that back? No. <laughs> no, 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 he doesn't have the power, but he has the authority and it's the city, it's the government. And uh, so if they, that truck ran him over and didn't stop, well, then the the authority behind the policeman would, would go into action. And uh, and the thing is, the policeman doesn't even have to feel good. I mean, he's just there. If he could be feeling under the weather, he might not be feeling up to it. He might not feel very powerful at all, but that doesn't stop the authority from being there, does it? No, no. And 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 I'll, I'll I'll turn this over back to Lori. But I there's a this account is also in Luke seven one, and I think you would think you know if you just read it, oh there's a contradiction in the Bible. But we know there's no contradictions in the Bible, and when you see it, it's just it makes the same point as what what the centurion said in Matthew seven. And I'm trying to page through my Bible here. It says. Now, in, in Matthew, it says a centurion came to him. But in, in, uh, in, uh, in Luke, it says, and a certain centurion servant, this is Luke 7, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him elders of the Jews, beseeching that he would come and heal them. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy, that he was worthy for him to do this because he loves our nation. He built us a synagogue. So Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, and it said he he went to him, and uh, and and but actually, you get a little more detail in Luke. It said he sent friends to him, and you think, well, that's not the same, but it is because those people that went out were speaking as for him. It was those people going out was exactly just the same as him going out. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, yes. So yes. it just it, it actually explains what he said. In Matthew, he said, I just say it and they go and they do it. I say, come and they come. So all he had to do was send people and it was just like him going. Yes. 
So when we do things in the name of Jesus, it's just like we're doing it right for heaven, right? Absolutely. We have that heaven's authority. With, and for the authority and glory of Jesus Christ. Yes. And, you know, talking about this authority and the responsibility that comes with it, and I think this is why I didn't want to do it last week, because the Lord was saying to me, authority was given to Jesus, who was made a man. Jesus was made a man. And this man, and, and really the revelation, knowledge, and understanding this for me specifically, he was spat upon. He endured beating. He endured the cross. He the was, torment in hell. Yeah. He, he had nails pierced in his hands. Men despised and rejected him. He was betrayed. He was denied. His authority didn't come from elegance or prestige. It wasn't like the monarchy of England. He didn't have a crown of jewels. He had a crown of thorns. And his authority came with a price. And when I really understood this, this is where the Lord, this is where he grabbed me again. And he said, you were given this authority. I paid a price. It wasn't with prestige. It wasn't with some high up um, elegance. No, the shame of the cross. It was the shame of the cross. Now, how are you, Lori? How are you going to respond to this authority that I've given you? This authority, you talked about the word delegated. There's a different word, way to use that too. This authority didn't come like, I can't say, if Lord says to me, Lord, you need to do this. I can't say to someone, okay, God told me to do this. So now Maria, my daughter, I want you to do it instead. <laughs> I can't do that. What, Lori, are you going to do? How are you going to respond to this authority that you've been given? The authority isn't to be abused. This authority isn't to be misused. It's not to be questioned, negotiated, put off, or squandered. This authority, along with the responsibility of it, has been given to you. It really allows you to be a doer of the word, doesn't it? Exactly. And how are you going to respond to this? It's... It's not me. And, and, like, and if I say to the Lord, hey, I'm not good enough, who are you, Lori, to say that you're not good enough? I died for you, and you're not good enough? Yeah. Moses said he wasn't good enough, but we found out he was. That's right. And then he says, <laughs> the and then he Christ. gives me scripture. If I say, of course, you're, he says to me, of course, you're not good enough because you have me. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And so that's where it's like the Lord just like, whoa, this is an awesome responsibility that you, that me, that, that we have as believers and we have this responsibility. The greater the authority, the greater the responsibility and it's ours. And so that's like, it, it just, it just hit me. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come to me, and this is where, this is where it comes in that we have to deny ourselves because we, we have to deny us. If we want to use this authority responsibly, mm-hmm. if we want to do the best we can with the authority given to us, I can go to Mark 8 and it says this. Then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Deny himself for whoever's desire to save his life must lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit of a man if he gains his whole world 
and himself destroyed and is destroyed or lost. When he has called the people to himself, and this is another scripture I've, I've read too, with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So, so much there. The responsibilities of Christians can't be delegated. What God wants you to do and what God wants me to do may be two separate things. I can't delegate my, my responsibility as a Christian to you. That's not what he said to do. He told me to do it. Right. Not you. And I just, and I'm just like, that's where, um, that's where this revelation knowledge, I guess you want to call it, came into my life because we have this authority. We've been given this authority. Now, what are we going to do with the responsibility of the authority that he has given me, that he has given you? And I'm just, and I just, it's, it's overwhelming to think of the responsibility of all of that. I, I should let, I should stop talking. No, no, you're, you you're going good. I'm just, no, <laughs> I'm not going to stop you. Um, in first, in Peter 1, 3, it says, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. Doesn't leave anything out, does it? No. In Acts 1, 8, it says, but you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in tongues. Christians have the power to bring change. Right. And I, <laughs> I'm on a roll, but Christians have the power to bring change. And I was just reading this statistic and I don't even know where I put it, but over the past 25 years, a huge number in the millions of Christians have walked out of church. And over the past three years, the numbers are crazy. Do you have any off the top of No, your I've head? heard them, but they're just astonishing. It's, I think anyone astonishing. listening to us knows this anyway. And then another right. one that I was just reading this morning when I, when I said, are Christians leaving the church? This headline came up, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's from the pit of hell. I don't use that term very often, but young people are leaving the church because they say they want more of Jesus and less institutional. <laughs> so less institutional, more of Jesus. So they're, they're using that, this institution-like idea. The father of lies, of, the devil. Of, yeah, of, of staying out of church. And I'm just like, this is my heart. My heart is maybe like 40% of believers have left the church building and it concerns me. And it's, it's just hard for me to understand and hard for me to believe, but that's where we come in and that's where I come in. However, he wants to use me, you, us, whatever, these people need to get back in church. Yes. Yes. And, and going back to your other point, um, it's just amazing. And that's, I think that's why we, we should continue to pray that prayer in Ephesians for other people, because so they get that understanding back that, you know, we need to press into the Lord and understand where we are and not just walk away from the church. Um, I shared this one, and this is not, I just, this popped into my mind the other day, but when Peter and John were being harassed by the Pharisees after the healing of the, of the crippled man at the gate, um, the scripture says, and being let go, they returned back to their own company. It's always wonderful 
to have your own church body. Uh, when you're in trouble and in trials and tests, it's always wonderful and it's a good thing to go back to be able to have that church family, that church body that you can you can go back to your own company of believers. And they went and they had a powerful prayer and the Holy Spirit fell on them and <laughs> and it's just it was it's incredible. You can read it there in Acts, but it's kind of interesting. You know, we have our trials and tests and, and, and the devil tempts us and we have our own issues that we're working on, but it doesn't tell us in the Bible to pray to God to do something about the devil. It, it, you don't, I don't find a scripture in the New Testament where it says you should pray to God for him to do something about the devil. He kind of told us to do something. Well, we have authority. Yes, that's, that's that what authority. I'm getting at. Yes, it's that authority. He's already done all he's going to do about the devil. And then he gave us his name. He put us in a place where the devil is beneath our feet. If we just get that understanding, he said, all powers is given unto me. Then he tells, go, you go in that authority. Yeah. And then he said, and that power, that word power is really authority. And then, and like you said in Matthew 16, in my name, we will have power over evil spirits. That means it says cast out devils, but we, you have that authority over evil spirits. Now, maybe not so much in other people's lives if they want them, but you, you have this authority in your life and in the, wherever God has given you stewardship over, you, you have the say so. Uh, in Ephesians 4, give no place to the devil. Well, God's not going to tell you something to do something if you're unable. Now, as failed, as flawed humans, many times we do, but the, the word says, give no place to the devil. That means we are able to do it in the power of the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 6, it says for us to put on the whole armor of God, and it shows us how to have victory that way. It doesn't say, ask the Lord to armor himself up and do something about it. No, the Lord says, I've, I give you this armor so that you can stand. And then... James 4, 7, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. It doesn't say, Lord, will you resist the devil for me so he'll flee? No, he tells you to do it. That means you can. He doesn't tell you to do anything that you can't do. I know it's sometimes tough. It's it's easier said than done. In 1 Peter 7, 9, casting your cares on the Lord. For the devil walks around like like a lion, seeking whom he may devour. What does it say? Resist steadfast in the faith. He has given us the ability to overcome and be victorious. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't pray, and we should pray for understanding of things. But when it comes down to actually dealing with with those trials and tests, we need to start looking to, to that name of Jesus, knowing where we sit with him, with these kind of things under our feet. Well, and it's amazing with how much power we have as each individual Christian. And right now in this time, when everybody, it just seems to be dashing, leaving the door of the church. And, and that I, I know that people say, oh, I can be a Christian and not go to church. And I, and I believe that's true. And I believe there's a lot of reasons why somebody might be sick or they might be shut in or things like that. But I'm, I'm saying when you're out of the church for a long period of time, it's easy to let things creep in and creep in and creep in. For sure. And what I'm getting at is there's so much power and authority that the church has been given and the Especially more, together in unity. Th- that's what I'm saying. The more bodies that are Christian and the more united we are as a church family, the church family, uh, the more power we have. Yeah. And just think of how amazing that power is. And so for me, just to think of those people that need to get back into church and realize 
there and, and grow in that experience with Jesus. I want people to experience what, what I have. I want them to see that they can have such a, a good relationship with the Lord. It's not always easy and it's not always perfect. I'm not saying that, but I am saying we've got to all be together here in perfect unity. And, and I'm just, I just think God's will, God's glory, God's desire. His authority is given to us for God's will, God's glory, God's desire. And, and I just want to make sure that... Um, that we're doing what it is he has called us to do and not lessen it, not water it down and uh, not argue. <laughs> right. You know, there's, there's a reason why it says in Hebrews, don't forsake the assembling, right? Yes. Don't forsake the assembling of the believers. I mean, if the church door is open, you know, you should probably try to get there. Right. And, uh, and <laughs> when you see it's in first John and it's such it, it's a it's a it's a scripture. If it wasn't in the text, you'd have a hard time believing it. When it says, "Because as he is, so are we in this world," the depth of that statement is incredible. But we all have to see in the light of First Corinthians twelve, where it's a wonderful passage explaining the body of Christ and how we're all members in particular, and we each have our place. And if we don't have people coming together. We need that eye. We need that ear. We need that hand. We need that foot. And it says that in there. You don't let the eye say that he's not the mouth or, or I don't, that, that might not be exact, but you know the scripture enough to, to know that verse and what I'm saying. We need each member and we don't, and we need us all coming together in unity in services and, and, and together and not just, you know, having schisms or in, in the body or, or, people just falling away from the church. We, we, need a, we need all the Christians together. Yeah, especially with everything going on. And when I read that statistic about 25, over the past 25 years, how many people decided to leave the church, which was some astronomical number, there's such a correlation. You think of that over 25-year period of time with the mass numbers leaving the church over the 25 years and a lot of things that are going on in this world. Oh that um, had we stayed together, stayed in unity, not been saying this group's doing that, this group's doing this wrong, this 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 singing group is doing that wrong, you know, oh whatever it is. Yeah, we need to be in unity, and and we need to be in authority and understand that authority. And <laughs> I will let you finish up because I. No, think I'm good. I'm actually good. Yeah. Okay. You know, this has been a good discussion on authority, and we've just um, we've just hit it. Lightly, I mean, there's there's so many more things that could be said about it, but but it's something to start with, and um, we're certainly not Bible scholars here <laughs> in any means. We just love talking about the Bible, and that's what we are—the Created to Soar podcast, brought to you by Wedgwood Estates in Mansfield, the area's premier senior residential community. Mm-hmm.